Welcome to the Girl Power Alliance podcast, where you're going to meet and hear from some inspiring women with incredible stories who are leading in business and in faith. We are on a mission to impact the world by empowering women to dream bigger through kingdom-minded mentoring and leadership. This is where women grow. Welcome to another episode of the Girl Power Alliance podcast. This is exciting. It's 2021 and I have an amazing woman on here who I'm, I don't even know. Did we, we must've met through Facebook and we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I literally fell in love with her like the second I met her. Let me tell you a little bit about her so we can get right into this. Stephanie Sims, she's been married to her husband for over 10 years. They have four little boys and another, do you know boy or girl yet? We, we're not finding out. Oh, you're not finding out. So we're just has, making everyone crazy. Yeah. <laughs> she has a bun in the oven mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're foster parents. She's a special education teacher by trade. She stepped away from uh, the classroom to pursue her business. So she's an entrepreneur at heart. It's called Legacy Through Motherhood. The heartbeat of her business is generational change. She helps women, specifically moms, become the uh, inflection point in her family. She speaks on five main topics, faith, finances, health, marriage, and mindset. Her favorite topic to talk about is finances. Over four years ago, her and her husband had a negative net worth, and now they are worth over half a million and it's growing. It's probably bigger than that since just since this bio was written. And she loves to help other women figure out their budgets through one-to-one coaching. And she's also the coach on the topic of money mindset through her signature course, Entrusted with Her Finances, and just little like dot, dot, dot about her. She loves sand volleyball, a good margarita, taking naps, especially now that you're pregnant and with all those kids running around, (laughs) (laughs) and a good pumpkin cream cold brew. I can't do cold brew. It's too much caffeine for me, but it tastes amazing. (laughs) I haven't, I actually, I just had my first one since being pregnant like a week ago and it was delicious. So it is. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you for having me so much. (laughs) I'm so excited. I think we must've met through a Facebook podcast page is we did. And then I think we connected and then we just talked via like messenger for like an hour afterwards. I feel it probably was. (laughs) I, I had so So something that had been on my heart um, and something that's part of the Radiant Leadership Academy is really, I think it's so important to really hone in and talk about finances. Um, Women especially hate to talk about money. Um, They get uncomfortable with it. They don't want to talk about it. They avoid it. Like if you ask them anything about finances or budgeting or what's in their bank account, they flip out and, or they are, it's, it seems to me that's the majority. And then there's a small percentage of women that do know. And I just feel like, you know, God talks about money over, I mean, the Bible talks about money over 300 times. That's Mm -hmm. a lot of times. It is. I mean, that's a lot of talk about money. And so obviously (laughs) it's an important topic topic in the kingdom. And, um, prior to meeting Stephanie, I had literally been looking, I'd been looking and looking and and felt in my spirit that I wanted to have something. I wanted to have a feature in girl power Alliance. That was, I mean, I could do it, but I wanted somebody that this was what they did by trade. And so I had my feelers out and a couple of times I had women say, yes, I'd love to do it. And for whatever reason, it never happened. So Mm -hmm. when I met Stephanie, um, she had me on her podcast and I was like, I'm obsessed with you. And I started <laughs> hearing about all the things that she does. And so I just said, Hey, would you be interested in doing this? She said, yes. And so 
literally yeah. it <laughs> makes my whole body have chills. Cause I'm so excited because now we have, you are a part of girl power Alliance. Yeah. Well, and I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah. We're just like, you know, organizing this whole year, your theme of like having your best year ever. And I am just like, just giddy as I'll get out. I can talk about finances all day long. And you're absolutely right. Like, I feel like women, especially, you know, we've been conditioned just in, uh, in the past and just past generations, even that men handle the money, they make the money, you know, we handle the home, whatever. Like we all know this, right. This is what it used to be. And then, you know, and there's also a lot of thought of like, it's in like, people think that women who know how to handle money or finances or even like business, it used to be that it was very intimidating and they didn't feel like, you know, you could have, and, and I just had a conversation with, uh, Barbara, uh, Hewson. I saw that. Yes. Formerly Stanley, Stanley. She wrote secrets of six figure women. Prince charming is not coming all. She's a very big women, you know, empowerment, financial coach therapist. And she was just saying that like a lot of women felt like they couldn't have the power with the money and the man, like it was, they had to choose, like, do I just be this like domestic woman and have the husband take care of me? Or, you know, and obviously now the pendulum's kind of swinging where there's women that are just rising up in the workforce and building their own business and empires and making millions and, you know, all of this stuff. And so, but there is this really weird, um, you know, just thing where we have been conditioned that talking about money is rude that talking about money is, um, you know, just offensive or whatever to like ask. Yes. Worldly, you know, from the pulpit. Right. And so it's just, it's, it's a good conversation to have. And it's a healthy conversation to have. And I was reading, um, I think it was rich dad, poor dad, which I would like, if you have not read that, go read it right now. But at the end it talked about how people, and this just stuck out to me and I will always remember it, but it, it talked about how people, um, who don't have money. So like I say poor, but I almost mean like more of a poor mindset, like a lower class mindset that they think talking about money is rude and offensive where people with a world-class financial mindset, um, they think about talking about money as intellectual. And it's really interesting to me because if you think about it, what do we like to talk about? We like to talk about things we're confident about that we've experienced and that we feel really good about, you know, that we can like contribute to. Well, if you don't like to talk, if you don't feel confident in your finances and you don't feel like you have something to contribute and you feel really insecure, that's not going to be something that you want to talk about, which means you're not going to ask questions, which means it is going to feel offensive or intrusive if somebody comes and asks you about your finances, because you're like, I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. (laughs) But if you feel really confident, like now how I feel now, you know, when somebody comes up and starts talking, I'm like, oh, I'll talk all day long. You know, me and my mom will talk an hour for an hour on finances. And so it's just this shift in mindset that has to be made, um, that it's okay, you know, to talk about finances. And it's also, um, you know, a lot of us, a lot of us feel the same way. We all feel like we should know more yeah. than we do. And so that's kind of, that's, I don't know, that's where I've been stepping in at. Well, where, what was the shift for you then? Like, was it, was it a thing? Was it something that progressed over time, but what, or were you always this way? What happened that, that created this confidence in you or even just the interest in kind of the whole financial world? Yeah. So like I said, like you were, you were saying just kind of in the intro. So literally four or four and a half years ago, my husband and I were in a ton of debt. And, um, I was working full-time as a teacher, like you were saying, and I had no desire to be a stay-at-home mom. There's a whole reason behind that. I'm not going to go into, I had no desire to be a stay-at-home mom until I had a kid. 
And then all of a sudden I was, and, and my husband and I, we made decent money. I mean, I didn't make a ton of money as a teacher, you know, uh, my husband worked for Target. And so we made decent money, but we didn't, you know, we weren't whatever. So I was like, well, I should be able to stay home. Right. And, and I just realized once I started to crunch our numbers, which we honestly never paid attention to because we made quote unquote good money. I realized we couldn't, like, we needed my income. <laughs> I did not make that much. And then when you take out childcare and I commuted an hour, so I live like kind of in the suburbs and I, and I taught in an inner city school. So I commuted an hour both ways. So gas, you know what I mean? Like all like childcare, all of that. Like I still couldn't afford to lose my income, especially because I carried the insurance. And then I got mad because I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> we make decent money. And I feel like we did what we were supposed to do. We went to college, we got the jobs, like, you know, we got our house, we got the cars, like everything that seems normal. We did. And then I feel like one day I just woke up and I was like, wait, this did is we a, do like, something wrong? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't. And so I think that I let, I, and, and let me just say that, cause this is important and important detail in our journey that, um, I moved a ton when I was a child. And so I really wanted to have our first house be the house my grandchildren would walk up the driveway to. So we kind of stretched ourselves for our dream house right off the bat. Again, though, we thought we made decent money, whatever. Uh, we got the nice car. My, my husband had an Audi. I had like a Kia Sorento, whatever. And so I think I liked our lifestyle. And so I went back to work, had my second baby, got annoyed again, mm -hmm. but didn't really do change anything. Um, and then I had my third and then I got pissed. Like that's when I was like, I am missing my children, you know, and listen, not everybody wants to be a stay-at-home mom. That's totally fine. For me, I did. And I would like, at that point I got pissed and something happened. We got a letter in the mail from a nonprofit that we support. And, um, they were asking for $3,000 to ship this container of fire gear over to Africa. And I looked at my husband and I'll never forget sitting in our kitchen saying, I want to be able to write this check. And like $3,000 is a chunk of change, but we're having almost three or $1,000 a month car payments. Do you know what I mean? Like, what are our priorities? Like what is happening here? So that is when I actually got pissed and we downsized our home. Um, I sold our house. My husband sold his Audi that he only had for a year. We lost money on it. We do it a hundred times over. People have that conversation with me all the time, or they'll say like, you know, well, we're not going to get what we can out of our truck or whatever it is. Um, and we downsized. We, I got serious about a budget. I sat down with my mom who she had done this whole financial journey right before me. Um, and we just got really freaking serious. Um, and we, like I said, the pendulum swung from being in debt, a negative net worth to over a half a million now, four and a half before four and a half years later. That's fast. So it is one. Well, it's amazing because if you think about your net worth, isn't, you know, what's in your bank account, it's literally like your debt to income ratio. So when you get rid of your debt and you get rid of the crazy house and you get rid of the cars, like that really can, can swing. And we started to learn and invest in rental properties and that's a whole thing. But yeah, I mean, it, that's the other thing that I feel like I love talking about. It's like, people think that it's going to be 20 years from now. And it's like, that's not true. Like you just have to get some clarity. You might have to make some hard decisions and then, you know, you start running. Yeah. So. Well, it's, it's important. And I feel like from, from kind of a, a faith, you know, a kingdom mindset that the enemy will use finances in so many ways. I mean, statistically, they say that half of the divorces in this country could be saved 
by an additional $500 a month in income because it's finances are such a big deal. And it's the same similar situation with bankruptcies. It's like 400, an extra $400 a month would save, you know, like half of the bankruptcies in in this country. And Mm -hmm. so finances are a big deal. It's a huge stressor. We've created it, right? We have all these things that we require monthly things. And, you know, um, I mean, this is, this is not a, for me, this is not a, a, frivolous thing. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, we have all these, right. we have all these things right. that are like extra, but they all cost money. And, you know, as a kind of backing up on something that you were talking about, you know, we're taught all these things or, or, or we're conditioned as women, like you said, mm-hmm. generationally, who knows, has a lot of it, I think came from, um, kind of this religious conditioning of these specific roles that you were supposed to have as a man and a woman. And, you know, as a woman entrepreneur who is a crazy follower of Jesus, there's another whole set of things where, um, in my experience, I'm 47. I have for the bulk of my adult life been, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I always have been, and I have never fit exactly into kind of this church, this churchy person. And so people say, oh, you're so mm-hmm. religious. I'm not religious. I'm I'm crazy in love with Jesus and I live my life following him, but I say I'm not religious because I don't fit into the box because um, as an entrepreneur, as a woman that is driven by creating and building wealth and teaching other people how to do it through the different you know vehicles that I've used, I'm worldly in that world. And you kind of never can cross over I, or up until a certain time, it's happening now, but there was this, and if you talked about money, you, not only were you worldly, but you were like, you were out, like you couldn't, those, you were not the kind of person that they wanted leading or around other women because you were too worldly. All you talked about was money. You know, it's, it's not godly to be wealthy, you know, to be really spiritual. You need to be damn broke and poor Mm -hmm. as a pauper. And the, I kind of grew up with that mentality where, you know, money is the root of all evil, which we all know that verse has been twisted right. and it's the love of money. Right. It's not money. Right. Money mm-hmm. is, doesn't have any emotion. Money doesn't have right. any feeling. It's amoral. Just a right. thing. <laughs> it's a tool. Mm-hmm. So, um, for me, I have, you know, kind of forged my own path and feel really the, the, the weight of the responsibility to take this path that I'm on, that you're on and share it with other women so we can break some of this bondage and let, because why in the world wouldn't God want people that love and follow him to have the wealth? Because just like you said, somebody like you that has a heart to give and a heart to serve, not to say that people that don't follow Jesus don't, that's not what I'm saying, but why wouldn't God want money in the hands of the people that can do the most good with that money, write that $3,000 check so that that, what, whatever that specific thing was can happen, you know, build, you know, digging wells in other countries and helping families when they need it. And, and I don't believe that God all sometimes, but he doesn't always just call us to give to where we're without. Sometimes right. he does. Sometimes he wants you to give to where the sac- you feel the sacrifice. I, I'm Absolutely. not saying that, but for the most part, like I think his, his plan would be that we understand and steward money well and have enough of it that we can go out and bless the world. Oh, absolutely. And I, I could get just as fired up about this conversation because I, and I mean, I've said this before, even with you, you know, I, I genuinely believe that debt is the number one way the devil is cutting Western Christians off at their knees because you can't freaking think Mm -mm. you can't do anything 
Yeah. Like finances touch everything. Like finances touch your marriage. Like you were saying, it touches your relationships. It touches your experiences as a family. It touches your sleep at night. Like it touches what food you eat, like what your Christmas, like literally it touches everything. And so for us to think that, I mean, and I mean, how I don't even know the percentage of how many people are in debt in the U.S. Let's just oh, keep it with the U.S. It's oh, like be every, everyone, <laughs> like pretty much everyone, you know. And it's like, how is that biblical? That's it's absolutely not. not biblical. And so, if we're gonna be, if we have to be, if we have to be one of three places, we got to be in debt. We have to have just enough, and we have to have, or we have to have wealth and beginning to create wealth. Okay, so if debt is not biblical, I would almost argue that like having just enough. Is kind, and I'm going to say this is with as much love in my heart as possible, but having just enough for you and yours is kind of selfish. Yeah. Like I can pay my rent, my bills, my whatever, but here's the deal. Like we are in one of the richest nations in the world. And so for you to just be caring about, you know, I just want to have enough to get by. That's all I want. Okay. But wouldn't it be amazing for you to have enough for yourself and your family and then to also be able to bless others. And so to me, it's, it's not, I don't actually, I did, I did have a, an issue as we started to build wealth when that money started to pile up. And I have a lesson that I'm actually working on right now. And it's called building, building wealth when poverty exists. Because I'm like, how am I building wealth when people don't have clean water? It feels weird right? Like it does feel weird. But the truth is, is that my obedience and my wealth are directly tied to other people's well-being. Like my obedience to my business and to my calling and to helping other women, it it naturally and organically creates an income for me. And that income, because I'm a Christian, because I love Jesus, does it all go to giving? No, but the majority really freaking does. (laughs) And so like, and I also, this is kind of a sidestep conversation, but I also really teach on the words that we use. And, you know, people will often say, it's not about the money. It's not about the money. Like, well, did you know that it costs like $4,000 to build a well in Africa? Like (laughs) if you want to give everybody a Bible and, you know, wherever, like that costs money. So yes, you need your time, but like money drives change, world change. Yeah. And so like, let's have our hands in that. I don't, you know, you know, yes, yes to everything. And and the funny thing is there's this guilt, especially amongst Christians mm-hmm. to, to, to say out loud that you're motivated by earning money. There, there's a lot of guilt. You're really looked down upon, but, but it's because people have such a wrong mindset about mon- what money is and what it can do. And so I've always been driven by earning, not because I worship money. I don't worship money. I know what, um, I don't want to be under the burden of debt. I, I think it's uh, right. it it is suffocating in many many <laughs> ways, and um, you know there's a lot there's a lot that that goes into that. But I, I agree with you. I and if you look, you know, if you look in the Bible, right? If you just look at some of the stories through many of the people that we've been reading about our whole lives in the Bible, God blessed them with finances, and they mm-hmm. did things in the kingdom and blessed other people. So. Um, I agree with you on, on everything. And I think that we, it's time for a shift. And, and again, the problem becomes, I know you've probably seen this. You obviously have a really good, uh, like you, you know, where your head is at. What happens for a lot of people is, and I've, I've been, I've been all of the above. I've just made it. I've been totally broke. I've made plenty, an abundance of money. 
And I will tell you that when you're in abundance, what I've and I've been around people that have a lot of money, when you're in that position financially and you make a lot of money, something happens to people and they start to put all of their faith and trust in the money and mm-hmm. they, and lesser tra- trust and faith in who God is and, and their identity kind of gets wrapped around the, the you know, the number of zeros in their bank account. It, it's an odd, it's our human nature, right? We're sure. so egocentric. Mm-hmm. It's just what, what happens. And so really the, the issue is always about lordship and it's not just money. It's everything. Mm-hmm. It's your identity. It's all these things, but it's about the lordship. So if we can teach women to keep, to keep God where God is, then all the other stuff doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? And right. so you make more money. It's, it doesn't change you. And I, I'll, I'll share a tiny, tiny quick story. And I may yeah, have, yeah, go ahead. I may have shared this on a podcast one time before. So if I did and you're hearing it again, sorry. Um, <laughs> I, a couple of years ago, um, two, uh, two cars ago for me, um, I bought a, a convertible red Mercedes SL convertible, a mm, beautiful nice. little sports car. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't need a mom car now. I'm going to splurge. You know, it's all relevant. To I have careers. a 12 passenger van. So yeah, exactly. Well, you need it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't need it. Um, and I was like, I'm going to splurge. I'm, you know, this is, I just tr- was treating myself. And so, you know, just a stupidly expensive car. My husband's a car person, so it brought him much joy to get it. And anyway, so mm-hmm. I took my mom um, on a drive in this car. And my mom has massive money mindset issues. Okay. Just generationally, like lots of, there's a lot of hangups there. And so I took her for a drive in the car and I put on like her, like the Beatles and took the top down and we were driving. I was just trying to, you know, do something fun with her. (laughs) And she said, um, she goes, oh my gosh, you're never going to want to ride in my car again, or made this comment something. Mm -hmm. And I said, mom, I said, I could get rid of this car tomorrow. Or I said, it does not define me. Do Am I enjoying it? 110%. Do I need it? Not at all. And so there's something about putting thing, keeping like the main thing, the main thing. Yep. And I think as you earn more, it becomes harder to do that. I, 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 I do think that because I've had nothing. And when you're broke, it's really easy to cry out to God. And when you're making a ton of money, they're, they're not crying out to God as much. Right. Yep. Well, and it's interesting. Um, gosh, where is this person from? I can't remember. Honestly, I can't remember if this was a story that my mom was talking about after she went through Ukraine, or if this was a book in a book, I read something, but it was basically about, I literally can't remember. Like there's so many stories in my head, but there was a missionary that had come over from like a third world country into the U S and they were like, I would never want to live here, you know, and the U S P whoever, like whoever the hosts were, were like, and I want to say they went to like New York city or something crazy. You know what I mean? Like, imagine that just like craziness. Um, but they were like, I would like, to me, this is scary. Like, how do you, like, you would never need God here. Do you oh. know what I mean? Like, it was, it was just like this Interesting. change of like, you know, we're like, oh, come and look at New York City. Like you're in a third world. Not that we're like that, but you know what I mean? Like, look at all of this development, all of this stuff. And it actually like legitimately scared their heart. Like, I don't know that I would be able to like, do you, how would you wouldn't need God? You literally yeah. have everything here. And he's like, I would choose, you know, my, 
you know, home over this any day. Like this, I think I would get wrapped up in. And I was like, ooh, that's really <laughs> what a, what an interesting perspective. And and I think that that's what what happens. We put our trust in our job, our income, our degree, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, and when you when you if you know when you do mission work or you go into these places, a lot of times the third world countries, they're so wholly in love with and dependent on God, literally for sometimes their daily needs to be met, food, oh, yeah. water, mm-hmm. just you know, medicine, things, shelter. Right. And so they're so close to God and relying so wholly on him that it is, I can see exactly, I know exactly what he meant by saying that because yeah. we, I mean, I'm, I'm not perfect. I have moments. I'm sure that I can only imagine how much deeper my faith would be not with all that we have, all the, of the stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The abundance, all of your, all of your comfort and whatever. And I remember in a Bible study I was in, oh gosh, probably like four or five years ago, we were talking about the, just like lukewarmness. And I was like, I am terrified that I think that my faith is, you know, good or whatever. And to find out, like when I go to heaven one day that, you know what I mean? That like, yeah. God's like, mm, not really. Like you really had everything you needed. Like you thought you'd, you know, like, I mean, who knows, but to me, I'm like, that's a genuine fear because I've been in the third world. You know, I've done certain things. Like I have a heart for missions. That is like my heart, like big time. And so, you know, I don't know. I just, am like, Oh yeah, that's hard when you have money and whatever. And yes, as you build wealth, I think it's harder. Um, because like you said, you just have all of your, you want for nothing, Yeah. you know, but that also, you can also help so many people. So there is, I mean, there definitely, there is a, it's a heart check. You got to do it's a heart check. It's all, everything is a heart check. specifically the issue of money is such a heart check because, um, people make money. They're God very, I mean, good Christian people make money. They're God. Yeah. Like, you know, people. Well, and yes. And can I just say too, that this is why we have to talk about money. Yes. Because when you, because the best way to not idolize something, you know, like is to have accountability. It's to have conversations. It's to say like, you know, we do this with even, I mean, with our health, that's why we have a lot of accountability partners. Cause it's like, I don't know, I'm kind of slipping or I'm kind of feeling this way or whatever. And you have that conversation or in marriages, like if you're in a trusted small group, like you, you know what I mean? Things that you're struggling with, like your husband can talk and, and you can have these conversations so that you don't slip and you're not, but with finances, we're on a freaking mountain by ourselves. And you know, if I was idolizing money, who freaking knew? besides me and God, because like yeah. I, nobody talks about it. And so it's like, like, what are your feelings about it? Where's your heart on this? Like, I just, I just want to talk about money. That's all I want to do all day long. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to get people talking about like confident enough to ask questions and feel no shame, no guilt. Like, let's just have a conversation. I love it. I love that you're doing it. I think it's a holy call. And you know, we have, we have IQ now we have EQ. Um, yes. what, what's the other one? Um, Chris Valentin's calling it SQ spiritual, your spiritual quotient. We need to have mm-hmm. FQ financial quotient. Yeah. <laughs> like yes. we, we need to have that because it's, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a funny thing. I think that we used to talk about it more when kids were in school, but like, we don't talk at all about finances and it's such like, there isn't a person on earth who's not touched by finances. Oh, for sure. Like every, so it's that it's that important. And yet we're still so, um, you know, we're still in such a, a place of ignorance about it. So I'm so excited that you're doing what you're doing. Will you talk a little bit about this, the 12 month series that you're doing inside Girl Power Alliance? 
Yeah. So, um, so did, did that first one go out or is it yeah. just coming out? Okay. It's out. So yeah, so it'll be 12 months. So I'll be back once a month and just talking on, I'm, I'm really going back and forth between money mindset and logistics, because I truly believe that you kind of need a parallel path to go because money mindset, that's kind of the deep work that you have to do. Like you really have to figure out like, what was my childhood experience with money? Do I have financial trauma? Do I have, you know, all of these things? Um, am I trying to overcompensate? Like, what, it, what am I doing? Like, where am I at with money? And you kind of got to recalibrate. Um, but then also we have to have a practical too, right? Like, how do you do a budget? How do we, um, you know, whatever, track our stuff? How do we have conversations? What is this? Vocab, that kind of thing. Um, and so we have to be doing it kind of at the same time. I personally think money mindset is more important. Typically, we all know what to do. Like, if we want to get out of debt, like, you know, you need to spend less than you make and pay off your debt. Like really we kind of know, like it's, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. And yeah. so, um, you know, it's more of the behavior around money that really is hard for us. So anyways, so next 12 months, I'm just going to do like a different topic. I kind of have the topics planned out for now, but I mean, we can always, you know, adjust as we go, if there's other topics that come up that people want to talk about. So I'm, I'm super, super excited. excited. She will be going live. Um, by the way, you can go live whenever you want inside the okay. group. Um, you know, just to connect with people, talk with them, meet them. Um, because outside of that, she has her own programs. She has one to one coaching, which I highly recommend. And mm-hmm. you know, if you're listening to this, you're probably a believer. And I would tell you that um, it is it is so so important to connect yourself with somebody who shares your foundation of faith because we literally have just different. Um, strategies, principles, things, you know, and, and so as with any kind of coaching, no matter what kind of coaching it is, if you're not being coached by somebody who shares your beliefs, it's very easy to get off the path. And so it's one of the things when God was downloading the ideas for me, for to me, for Girl Power Alliance, he really highlighted coaching and how he wanted me to highlight coaches that coach people, you know, with that foundation of the word of God, because there's millions of coaches now, everybody's a coach for everything, Yeah, Mm -hmm. but there are not coaches that are, you know, not nearly as many that are utilizing, you know, this walk with the Lord as the foundation for how they're guiding and directing people. And we like, how bad does the world need? I literally am. I could cry at how bad the world Mm -hmm. needs biblical leaders, biblical coaches, biblical guidance, biblical mentors, like yep. we are in a desert needing it so badly. Yes, yes, yes. I completely agree. I completely, I, I kind of, I, I used to do this budget coaching years ago for free, just for like my friends who like once I was getting out of debt and stuff, but now I absolutely, we do it. It's a 90 day coaching program that I do because I think 90 days lets life, some life happen. <laughs> you know, you can have a tire blowout. You can, you know, have a diagnosis. You can get pregnant. Like I used to have a 60 day coaching. I'm like, that ain't long enough to have like, oh, like something mm-hmm. happens. I love the 90 day cycle. I believe in like, not, you can change your life, any area of your life in 90 days. And so, yeah, it is like a very intense one-on-one 90 day coaching when, and and I just really feel like that accountability, like I said, in your finances, you know, it doesn't even have to be me. It's like, yes, it, people have great results with me, but truly it's the accountability, you know? So I well, love it's it. you. 
It's you. Take credit where credit is due. Um, you're doing oh, a great yeah. job. You're uh, what a blessing you are to the world, and such a blessing to to me and to the the community of Girl Power Alliance. So, tell everybody where they find you, social media, all your links. How can they connect with you? Yes. So I'm mainly on Instagram at Legacy Through Motherhood, and SimsArrows.com is my website. So that's got like all of my stuff kind of on it. I am on Facebook at Legacy Through Motherhood also. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much. I always forget all of my stuff. I think that's it. <laughs> well, if there's more, don't worry. We're going to okay. put it in the show notes. And so if you're listening to this uh, as an actual audio podcast, just go to the show notes. You'll see all her information. If you're watching this on our YouTube channel, all her information is right below in the in the information there. And of course, you can find her inside Girl Power Alliance every month entrusted with her finances, a new episode every month to really, I mean, that God put this um, on my heart back in like October, I think is either September, October, about 2021 being your best year. Like the, it's the theme inside Girl Power Alliance for the whole year. Um, we're doing a lot of things to show people that literally in one year, this can be your best year. You can really, um, we've been, uh, we believe so many lies, but one of the lies that we have believed is that, you know, you can only like attack one thing at a time. And then when that's mm. done, you can attack literally we are, we have so much capacity. God has given us the ability to like every, we can change so many things at once just by surrendering it to him and being around the right people. It just happens almost like through osmosis. Like you're around different people. <laughs> They're saying different things and you change. So. Yes. Well, and I think it's, I love what you do. It truly is on like how, who you are around because I was a small group leader for years with high school students and, you know, they would always come to me. This is kind of off topic, but not exactly what you just said. They would come to me and be like, well, Jesus hung out with the prostitutes and the, you know, whatever. Why can't I hang out with X, Y, and Z? I'm like, yeah, he hung out with them and ministered to them, but his inner circle was James and John, yep. you know, like your inner circle matters and the who, people you hang out with, the conversations you're having, the books you're reading. I almost say the books you're reading and one of your five people yeah. <laughs> in your circle. And I will just add that, like, I think you know, with your best year ever, like you said, when you're, when you're tackling a bunch of things, I feel like the most important thing. And one of the biggest, like, I don't even know if it's a pillar or mission or whatever in my business is that it is just a small, seemingly insignificant things that will compound over time that ultimately will drive your change. So it's not the, it doesn't, you don't have to revamp your marriage or your finances overnight. It truly is finding like just something that we can take a small step forward with and together, you know? So that's yeah. what the community that you've created is, which is amazing. Yes. Thank you. And, you know, and on that, our, our, we were almost done, but now we're going again, but on that, Sorry. like, <laughs> yeah, here we be, go. because it's incremental changes, first of all, like, like growth begets growth. You know what I'm saying? So like yes. you, you start to do one thing. I've worked with people in a lot of different areas, specifically health and nutrition for a lot of years. And it's funny because when you see people start to take control of their, of their, their physical health, then now then they actually want to change other things. Cause it's like, well, this mm -hmm. is going so good. Now I want to do this. And so That's to, momentum. Mm -hmm. it's momentum. And it's kind of just because you're growing and shifting. So to only focus on one area, it literally makes you off balance. Like mm -hmm. it literally, you get off kilter. So it's like, why not? Like, I believe that we, are meant to be healthy and whole and have amazing relationships and minister to people and have our finances right so that we can, you know, that's, I mean, I believe that all of that is part of God's plan for us. And I believe that 
uh, you know, he allows us to go through specific things so that our, what we've gone through can minister to other people. So I'm not saying that we get this life free of problems. (laughs) Don't know anybody that's had that yet. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) Um, But, you know, being around, I, I can just tell you, I started, I've been podcasting since 2017. I started the girl and that was a solo podcast. Loved every minute of it. It was very fun, huge growth for me personally, but I started the Girl Power Alliance podcast in April of 2020. And every single podcast I have done has been an interview, every one of them, except for Hmm. my first one of 2021 was a solo, but all the other ones. And so, and I did, um, I recorded like, uh, let's see, uh, 50, like 60 podcasts in, wow. (laughs) In 2020, (laughs) like a a lot lot of podcasts. I, it's an unbelievable amount of podcasts. We, we put out one a week, so I'm, I'm good, like almost through March. We have so many oh. of them. Um, and, and you pass them to me because I am like with all my babies and being pregnant and getting COVID, man, I'm, well, I'm a week, I'm a week ahead at the moment. So. Well, that's how my <laughs> other ones were. My other ones were I'd record yeah. and put them out, record and put them out. Mm-hmm. But with this, mm-hmm. it just, I just want, I don't know. I did it different. Well, I think interviews are easier too. Not easier, but they're, you know, you can have them. Well, it forced me to do them because people would schedule and be like, okay, I'm doing it. And so, and I bulk recorded, like, you know, you've done that. So I'd record a couple in a day or whatever. Yep. Um, But I will tell you, I am a totally different person from just being around these women and interviewing them and the community inside Girl Power Alliance. I I came into 2021 feeling like a completely different person than I did going into 2020. And I know a lot of people felt like that just because 2020 was literally the craziest year that any of us have ever experienced for a number Mm -hmm. of reasons. And so that's part of it too. But really being around like-minded women, women that are all about growing in whatever various areas, women that put Jesus at the center of everything all the time and hearing each one of their stories day after day, it changes you. You, you can't not be changed. Right. Yep. That's amazing. Yep. I, I mean, that's amazing. I, I, I do feel that way. Every time I interview, I feel like I just want to sit back and like, well, why don't you just do my podcast? Cause you have so much to say and you know what I mean? So I think it's amazing that you're just highlighting all kinds of stuff. Cause I feel the same way. I'm like, every time I interview, I'm like, man, don't you, do you ever listen to your podcast? I do. I've re-listened to them because some of them, like some of the ones that are come out, I've recorded a couple months ago. So you almost forget, not, not that you forget, but you kind of do. And so sometimes I'll be at the gym and I'll put my own podcast on. I'm like, dang, that was so good. Good interview. <laughs> not yeah. because of me, but you know, because right. women are so remarkable. So um, I think when you're, like, when you're just doing the interview, you're almost like yeah. you're in it. You know what I mean? And you almost like black out a little bit yeah. and forget the conversation. So, yep. It's awesome. And I, you just bless me greatly. I'm so impressed by you. I mean, you're, she's legit a super mom. I mean, legitimately (laughs) kids everywhere, including inside of her belly. And by the way, are you, is that like, are you done with this one or do you know, or I think so. I think so. I, you know, it's funny. I always wanted six kids. And since I was like 16, I've always wanted, and we have four boys, this single one, people thought it was twins. It's not twins. Um, and we have one baby that we miscarried back in 2013. So I'm like our family, I got my six. We're good. (laughs) Well, um, what if it's another boy and not a girl? I would love it. I love, you know what? I'm, I'm happy either way is why we're not finding out because I'm like, how unique to have five boys, you know? And I love this whole boy mom vibe that I have. 
obviously like my mom and I are close. So I'd love to have a daughter, but I, either way, I'm good. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome just in general. It's the hardest job you ever do, but it's the best job you ever do. So yeah. um, you're amazing. I'm sure we'll be hearing from you again. Maybe we'll do more <laughs> podcasts. Who knows? Maybe de- yeah. a couple months down the road, we'll talk about something else. And Absolutely. so find her, reach out to her. Uh, she can do nothing but help you to grow and and to grow your wealth and to get wrap your mind around this very, very important issue that impacts every area of your life. And I just want to say thank you again. Thank you for all that you're doing in the world. Thank you for being part of Girl Power Alliance. And thank you for being a guest on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. Did you not love her? I surely love that woman. She has so much to offer and uh, just seems like she keeps offering more and more. <laughs> We're so excited to have her as part of our Girl Power Alliance contributors and uh, featuring her every single month this year or 2021, your best year, really getting your finances in order and enabling yourself to be debt free and create a legacy of wealth for your entire family, maybe for generations to come if you do it right. (laughs) Isn't that the goal? Well, 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 (laughs) if you're not already a part of our private community on Facebook, head over there. We're still on Facebook for now until things change, if they change. And, you know, we have been doing some lives every week on Clubhouse. Are you on Clubhouse yet? Um, Head over to Clubhouse and find me, my profile or Molly's or Ferris's and join one of our rooms Uh, We talk about marketplace ministry, and it's just been a fun place to connect. And if you're not already part of our membership, if you're not actively pursuing growth, are you really in 2020 to have your best year? (laughs) That's my question for you. You can only have your best year if you are actively pursuing growth. Head over to girlpoweralliance.com, become a member and really intentionally grow this year so that you can have your very best year ever this year in 2021. You know, we love it that you are part of our world here on in the podcast, uh, listening to our podcast, growing from these amazing ladies, and never ever forget that Girl Power Alliance is where women grow.